The following is a Pro Football Network podcast, the primary voice for pro football at ProFootballNetwork.com. Hey everybody, what's up? Trey Wingo here. Welcome into another edition of the More Than Football podcast on the Pro Football Network platform. Glad to be joined once again by Brett Yaris, who has the greatest title of all time, Chief Whatever Innovation. I don't know. He's very innovative. Uh, you, by the, the way. Title, by the way, that's the entire yeah. title. Chief uh, Whatever Innovation, all of that. Before we get started, the hat. What's going on there? Yeah, you know, uh, I had to take um, – I'm in Kansas City, for those of yeah. you listening and watching. And I took a, a flight to get here, obviously. Live in New York. Don't want to drive. And my hair is just not – it's not cooperating, Trey. And No, but but the hat is like – is it a floral print? What's going on there? It what, is, it's, a, it's a floral print. It's a little 90s throwback. It's a little flat brim. If you remember yeah. remember the, the hats in the 90s. I do. And uh, so – uh, Every one of them. <laughs> yeah so so i so I, it's a little floral print i like it i you know i think it it brightens me up a little bit um you 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 had a comment when you came on you said i was a little dark a little dark yeah. so i think the addition of the light the hat i think i think we're we're good okay all right we've brightened things up a bit again you're in kansas city because you're going to be there to watch uh one of your clients lucas niang for the chiefs start by the way against the uh, cleveland browns a very tough defensive line so we'll see what happens there we'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, this sure is the will. first full week one uh, podcast we're going to do. We had the Thursday night opener. We should touch mm-hmm. on that a little bit. Uh, your thoughts so. on that? So uh, let's yep. let's start there. All right. Yeah. Yep. Let's kick it off. More than this week. Always like to start the show doing a little bit more from this week. And yeah, Dallas and Tampa Bay. Now, Trey, listen. True story. You know, yeah. I like to do the research. I'm all about the data. Digging mm-hmm. in hard to find this stat for you. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Since I coined the phrase Bucca Brady's, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are undefeated. Causation, correlation, I'll leave that up to you. Dumbation. Um, <laughs> here's here's what I would say. Well, we're moving on from that because that was a disaster last week and you brought it up again. We're never Sorry. bringing that up again. That's never happening again. Here's my overview of that game. Yeah. Obviously, I think it was a lot closer than people thought the line at Caesars actually went to nine and a half points started wow. at six, went to nine and a half, which was a huge number. So it was a very tight game. And a lot of people asked me, well, Trey, what do you think about that? The Cowboys played really well on the road against the defending champs, which is a game almost always won uh, by the home squad there. And all of that is true. But if you some, if, if you really are honest about the total team execution yep. on the Cowboys side of the ball, They've done exactly what they've done the last few years. They were just good enough to lose. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and I, and I, want, I want to be clear about this because, yeah, they played pretty well. And I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you should be encouraged by the defense that you saw uh, causing those turnovers, even though one was a sort of a Hail Mary at the end of the half. But they got two interceptions. They got a couple of fumbles. Uh, they did a nice job. But at the end of the day, if we're being honest with ourselves – you know, I, I still don't see a moral victory column anywhere in the standings. Yeah. It doesn't exist. So, yeah, they they look like they – some people said they should have won the game. That doesn't mean anything. Did you win or did you lose? And they lost because they did a couple of little things wrong. And when I mean the littlest things, I mean the littlest things. Like, for example – Greg Zerline shanked an extra point. 
then he missed a field goal that was essentially an extra point. Forget That's the right. 60-yarder. That was whatever. You know. Now, you could argue taking that 60-yarder was a terrible decision because of the ball placement they got, uh, and they left uh, Tom Brady in the Bucks. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, when I say the little things always are usually the biggest things, take those almost assured four points, and that changes the end of the game dramatically because then yep. it's not a field goal that you need to win. You need a touchdown to win. And so while I am completely encouraged, as I knew I would be by Dak, he's going to be phenomenal. He looked great. I mean, he looked fantastic. What we saw from him last night is the reason why he's the second betting favorite, according to Caesar Sportsbook, to have the passing yards. Yeah. I mean, he threw for 400-plus yards again. Um, He's not the issue, okay? The issue with the Cowboys is can they do the little things? And once again, when it mattered most, they came up short. So while, yes, it was much closer game than people thought, at the end of the day, did you win or did you lose? And Tom Brady and the Bucks found a way to win, or more accurately, the Cowboys found a way to lose because most games are lost rather than won. Yep. And if you're asking me, is that what happened Thursday night? I would say yes. The Cowboys found a way to lose that game to which Tom Brady and the Bucks said, thank you very much. Yep. And you said this on last week's show, you know, and I want to point that out. You said that it was go- the offense was going to run through Dak and boy yep. did it. 58 pass attempts, right? A ton. Yeah. Um, and you said, can, but can the defense stop anybody quote when it matters? And that's what that last drive was. It mattered and they couldn't stop the, the bucks. They couldn't stop Brady it went down there. And, and the last thing I'll say about this trade to, to your point about the little things being the thing that matters, the, the Buccaneers. Okay had nine drives that started inside their own 40. I was tweeting about this the whole game. Yeah. They, they had nine drives that started inside their 40. Okay. They only scored one touchdown out of those nine drives. All the other scores came when they had the ball in great field position beyond their 40-yard line. And it's because you, you mentioned the missed 60-yard field goal. Gave Brady short field position, goes in and scores. Right. Uh, they get a, a 45-yard kick return. Short field position, goes in and scores. Turnover by the Cowboys offense, short field position, goes in and scores. Those little things are essentially, as you said, what did the Cowboys in? And, you know, what does that come down to? You're putting your defense that you mentioned is already in a precarious situation to start the season anyway. You're putting them in even more difficult situations in these field position battles. And if you can't get that right, to your point, Trey, from last week, and I hope people listen because you were spitting some knowledge last week um, and it came to fruition – this is going to be a long season for the Cowboys. They're going to do just enough to win some games, and they're going to do, as you said, just enough to lose. Yeah, and I want to be clear. like it, They can turn it around because I believe the talent is there, but you got to do it. Like right. Until you do it, you, you're, I'm not going to believe it. You know what I mean? That's Much right. in the same way, until someone beats the Chiefs in the postseason in the AFC, I'm not going to believe it. I mean, there's a reason they went to back-to-back Super Bowls. They've been the best team and arguably best team three years in a row because if freaking D4 doesn't jump off sides, there's an interesting oh. game, game-ending interception there, That's and they'd right. be gone to three straight Super Bowls. So, right. uh, you know, again, those are the little things we're talking about. Now, I don't want to take away anything from Tampa Bay uh, because they did just enough to win. And when I say they brought back 23 starters – that's right. Look at what Antonio Brown. Look what look yeah. at what Antonio Brown did in that yep. game. That's why he's a twenty third starter. Okay. Yep. I love uh, when they, you say that. 
they they did all the right things necessary to win. And we'll move on from this game and get head, head, heavy into Sunday and Monday's action because uh, that's much important. But I'll leave this game with one other thing. Sure. You met, you mentioned the 50-plus pass attempts for Dak Prescott. And yeah, Tom. Zeke, Zeke got 11 carries. And people say, well, the Tampa Bay rush defense is really good. And that is true. But mm-hmm. it's just another indication of how screwed up it was to give Zeke that contract. Because yes. when you gave Zeke that contract, you had already transitioned the offense to run through Dak and not Zeke. So if you're transitioning that offense to run through Dak and not Zeke, why are you paying Zeke Elliott all that money for what he did when the offense didn't run through Dak? It is now completely running through Dak, which means if you're only giving Zeke 11, 15, 16 carries a game, you don't need to pay him what you paid him, (laughs) especially at a position that is as interchangeable as running back. That's right. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave it there because that's a great point. And uh, and we talk again, we talked about that last week too, guys. If you missed that episode, it's it's topical. It's evergreen. Go back and listen to it more than football anywhere you get your podcast. Um, and before we transi- transition to Sunday's games, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that this show is brought to you by our good friends over at Monkey Knife Fight. Yes, Monkey Knife Fight. You got monkeys, you got knives, and they're fighting. That's always a lot of fun. Here's what they're doing for new users to the platform. Okay, you're going to get a free $5 contest when you use promo code PFN, but not just that. In addition to your free $5 uh, contest, they're going to give you a 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Free $5 contest, 100% first time deposit match up to $100. All you got to do, go to the app, go to monkeyknifefight.com, wherever you do it, just use promo code PFN. And once again, you're going to get free $5 contest, 100% deposit match up to $100. That's promo code PFN for Monkey Knife Fight. Now, Trey, you just mentioned one other team here that we're very prescient for why we're going to talk about this next game. You said until somebody actually beats the Chiefs in the AFC, I'm not going to believe it. Okay. Well, the team that tried last year had the last licks at it, the Buffalo Bills. Yep. They're playing Pittsburgh this this week. They need to get off to a good start. When you have to beat Kansas City, you can't afford to be losing games early on in the season. This is a battle of Josh Allen. He got some MVP votes last year. Was that a, a an aberration? Is that something we're going to come to expect? And is Ben, you know, Big Ben, is this his swan song? A lot of storylines here, Trey, but what are you looking at for this game? Well, it's interesting, right? Because um, both these teams won their divisions a year ago. But I don't know if we have two teams that have won their divisions a year ago uh, and could be going in more opposite directions in terms of what their projections are for this year. First of all, uh, look, the AFC East is going to be more difficult than it was a year ago, but the Bills are still by far the class of that division. Uh, Now, the Steelers got off to the great start last year, flamed out late, lost their playoff game against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and look at that division now. You have Pittsburgh, which in any way, shape, or form, you want to talk about it as in transition. By the way, something to note real quickly uh, for Ben. Uh, he needs four touchdown passes this week, only become the eighth quarterback in uh, history with at least 400 touchdown passes. So just keep that in mind as you watch mm. the game. There could be a milestone uh, for Ben Roethlisberger. But we are talking about teams that I, I, I believe 
over the next couple of years are going to be the gap between them is going to be separated. Uh, you know, the Steelers drafted Najee Harris in the first round, and I think he's going to be a really good running back. Yeah, but drafting a running back is not going to fix the running game problems for the Pittsburgh Steelers because their offensive line last year and their ability to run the ball was almost non-existent. Mm-hmm. And by any measurable standard, the offensive line they go into this season with is significantly worse than the offensive line they had last year. So how does drafting a running back change that? I think that's a problem that Pittsburgh has to contend with. Uh, then you have the idea of the Buffalo Bills. And again, I'm a huge guy on team construct. Do you have a plan for your team construct? And I, I, we've talked about this repeatedly. When they drafted Josh Allen and they believed in what they had, they drafted around their franchise quarterback, added free agents around their franchise quarterback. And that's why I believe they're set up for long-term success. And that's why they're the second betting favorite, according to Caesars, uh, to make it uh, to the uh, Super Bowl as the representative of the AFC. Um, I don't think that Josh Allen's going to take a step back uh, this year. I think he's going to continue to progress. Uh, They have all the pieces. um, And in this game, I think you're looking at teams that are going in diametrically different directions. Yeah, and and it's it's fascinating you talk about what the Bills did because you've been very clear from from the moment we started the show and and even going back to when we were doing draft insiders last year during the NFL draft season, you yeah. were very clear that that the way in which you help your quarterback, the guy that you're at some point in his career. You're going to give the most money to, right? At some point, yeah. he's going to be the guy you put all the resources in. You've got to build around him. You mentioned the draft. You go out and you get Stefan Diggs. And lo and behold, you see this guy, Josh Allen, who always had these accuracy questions coming out of Wyoming, all these issues. You put the talent around him and he flourishes. Looks like yep. an MVP quarterback. Um, retains all the playmaking ability. And to your point, that's what we used to think about Big Ben. You remember Big Ben, you know, early on in his career, same type of body, um, you know, could, could get outside the pocket and make plays, huge arm. Um, that is not the Big Ben that exists in Pittsburgh right now. And you you brought up a good point about the offensive line. We were we were together in Canton doing some some stuff for for the more than football docu series that we're doing. I really hope the Steelers were paying attention as to who got inducted. Because Alan yeah. Fanica, that was the last time, really. That was that that we were we were talking during those years that the steel curtain looked like that was the new steel curtain was the offensive line, not the defense for Pittsburgh. So hopefully they can, you know, find a way to uh, to rebuild that. But this is not the year. This is not going to be a year for them. Uh, do you think? Let me ask you this: Do you think that this is the year we say the AFC North goes through Cleveland? Well, it should. I mean, you know, if you look at the roster top to bottom. Um, I think Cleveland may have the best entire roster in the AFC. Um, you know, it's just a matter of putting it all together. Teddy Bruschi used to always say, it's one thing to have a lot of good players. It's another thing to have a good team. Yeah. And that is, a, that is a really truism. Like you can have, like, it, there was a time in the late nineties and early two thousands when the then Washington Redskins would just sign all the big name free agents and they'd win the off season and they wouldn't win anything in the regular season because yeah. it's, it's one thing to bring everybody together. It's another thing to get everybody to figure out how to put it together. And, and I, and I, I still think that's the thing for Cleveland, you know, I mean, uh, by the way, I do think their front office and their head coaching staff, Barry and Stefanski, they're the, they're the right people for the job. Yeah. In Cleveland. yeah without really, question. Really and we'll get to the Cleveland game in a minute, but yep. you know, I, I, I do believe that, uh, 
that they are the class in the division. But let's just look at that division right now. Okay, you have Pittsburgh that won it. You have Cleveland that I think is the prohibitive favorite going in this year. You have Baltimore who has Lamar Jackson, even though they have no running backs. My God. I mean, oh, what a man. horrendous, what a horrendous, horrific injury run at one position. We, I don't remember seeing that ever before in my life. And then you have the Bengals who have Joe Burrow coming back and Jamar Chase and, you know, everybody else, the, the uh, T. Higgins, and, you know, they're going to be interesting. This is going to be a very difficult year in the AFC North. I mean, you're going to see teams sort of cannibalize each other. It's it's going to be a battle. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just don't know where you realistically put the Pittsburgh Steelers in the pecking order right now. And even more to your point, right, wherever they fall this year in the pecking order, every other team seems to be rising in that division. Mm-hmm. And they're they're falling, right? This is not a one-year uh, turnaround. I don't. I don't think personally for Pittsburgh. But let's let's uh, let's move on to our second game. Not yet the Cleveland game. But let's move on to yeah. our second game here. We're gonna stay in the AFC East um, um, because we talked about this last week. Cam Newton was cut by the New yep. England Patriots. Mac yep. Jones now the starter. So what we have now going into uh, Week One here is a battle of the Bama boys. Tua yep. Tonga Vailoa for the Miami Dolphins. Not named a team captain in Miami, by the way. Um, Make of that what you will, and Mac you know, Jones, that, that could mean something or it could mean nothing. Like, I, sure. let's let's figure that part of it out. I mean, you know, I I just, I, I mean, does the quarterback have to be the captain? Maybe in most times it is, but let's not. Uh, I, I I'm not going to read too much into that. But to your point, it is a really interesting matchup. By the way, let's just be honest about this here. Uh, with uh, Max starting mm-hmm. and Tua starting. And Jalen Hurts starting for Philadelphia. Oh yeah, three quarterbacks that three quarterbacks that were teammates together right. at Alabama are now all starting quarterbacks. Week one of the NFL's regular season in 2021. That's an insane thing if you think about it. There was a time, Trey, and and you'll know this better than most, right? Where where we couldn't think of an Alabama quarterback that could make it yeah. in the NFL. What, was it was it James White that year, that random year he won the Heisman, but he was like a seventh round draft pick that year um, out of James, out of Alabama. No, he was he was. Uh, you're thinking of Jason White out of Oklahoma. I'm sorry. Yes, correct. I'm yeah. yeah I'm sorry. White, you are yeah. correct. Yes. Yes. No, no like no. It was the Greg McElroys, the AJ McCarrens, right? That that whole slew. Brody Croyle, you know. Wow. And then and then, and then Nick Saban realized, you know, we got to get quarterbacks, and yeah. look at what he's done since then. And it's been a <laughs> remarkable. It's it's like I, I think there was a wide receiver drought in Alabama from like first round picks from like 1990 something to when Julio Jones was selected, and then. Boom! Oh, Suddenly, it's yeah. wide wide receiver you at, at Alabama, which is again to to the point about coaching. Saban understood where the game was going and how you needed to yeah. get kids to want to come play for your program. We'll get you set to be a star in the in the NFL. Um, it's also interesting too with Max starting. Uh, there are going to be three rookie quarterbacks starting this year, and it's only the second time since the AFL NFL merger of 1970 that we've had three or more rookie quarterbacks. Wow. Uh, start week one. Trevor Lawrence obviously uh, is one of those, and is Zach Wilson uh, for the Jets. In 2012, we had Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, RG3, Ryan Tannehill, and wait for it, Brandon Whedon. All, <laughs> all start Whedon. week one of 2012. Cleveland, so, Cleveland's come a long way since those days, huh? That was not that long ago, and look at the difference now for the Cleveland yeah. Browns. So th- this game is fascinating to me because the Dolphins' defense was great last year, yeah. but there are two things that you can't predict will happen year in and year out, unless you're the Chargers. Uh, One, injuries, and two, turnovers. 
And the mm-hmm. Dolphins got a bleep ton of turnovers last year. Yeah. You can't count on that. It's turnovers, not sustainable. Yeah, as my good friend, our good friend Mark Schlereth says, turnovers are like bananas. They come in bunches, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. and then maybe the crop isn't as good the next year. So if you're relying on the Miami defense to have the same amount of takeaways, which was an insane amount last year, that's not realistic. Is it possible? Yes. Is it likely? No. So you're going to have to play a tighter defense. But mm-hmm. I think that, uh, again, the fact that Mac Jones is starting against a pretty good Miami defense will tell us a lot because yeah. we've talked about this before, what preseason is and what it isn't. What he's studying for now for Sunday is going to be a completely different thing than he saw during his summer work. Yep, 100%. And, and even to your point, too, about Alabama becoming wide receiver you, and you're talking about how the Bills have now put weapons around Josh Allen to help him thrive. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins seem to have realized we need to get two with some help. He yeah, showed yeah. some stuff as a rookie. Who they draft? His teammate at Alabama, Jalen Waddle. If the Miami offense can finally, after what since '99 when Marino retired, like really become a force yeah. for that team, they I think they could be dangerous. But to your point, the defense is going to be interesting. I want to talk though real quick before we move on to the next game. I do want to get your thoughts on on the New England offense. Does Mac Jones have the weapons? We, we know he's got John U. Smith. They upgrade the tight end position. But does Mac and Jones Hunter have – And, yeah, and Hunter Henry. Do, does Mac Jones have the weapons, in your opinion, right now to give him – to give us a fair look at what he would do against a top-tier defense like Miami? Well, I, I think that there's – there's the weapons are as good as they've been for a while – yeah. I mean, go back to go back to Brady's last year and look at the wide receiver core. Oh, it was a rookie. It was a rookie, uh, Nikhil Harry, who has struggled, but I think has come a little bit a long ways. Jacoby Meyer was also there, and he's picked up a little bit. Look, it's it's not going to be what Tom has in Tampa Bay. There's <laughs> right. No, there's no question about it. You're not going to have three top twenty-five wide receivers in the Co- NFL. Correct. Correct. But I think it's better. Yeah. Uh, than it has been the last couple of years. Um, this game is just fascinating on so many levels. By the way, just show you how times have changed in the AFC East. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a bite of the postseason for all those years when when yeah. Tom Brady was there. Um, but right now, what's really interesting is that uh, in the AFC East, Buffalo and Miami have better odds to win the East than New England does. New England's plus three fifty, Buffalo's minus one fifty five according to Caesars, and Miami is plus three forty. In fact, Miami and New England have the same odds to win the Super Bowl thirty to one. And win the AFC title at fifty to one. So you know this used to be just a a layup drill for lack yeah. of a better term for the Patriots. It is not that way anymore. No, um, they've come back to the I, pack a little bit. They, they they well they've come back and the pack has risen. You know, good I mean, point. Like, Very good point. Know, the, the Buffalo and Miami are legitimate teams now, and we believe the Jets are headed that way. No, I'm going back it, to what you said at the beginning of the show, Trey. Yeah. I'll believe it when I see, when you see it. it. Yeah, I, I believe the Jets have real people in charge now. But again, you got to put the product on the field. So uh, this game is interesting in a lot of levels. And I, it, if the captain thing wasn't an issue for Tua, everything else kind of is, right? Uh, you know, uh, Brian Flores and 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 the front office, they can all pretend like they weren't really interested in Deshaun Watson and not answer the question. I'm only concerned about the players we have. But right. they have been exploring those waters for a long time. Months and, now. And, Our yeah, own Adam and, Beasley's reported it's been going on since January. Exactly. So this is I, this sounds kind of crazy, but it's sort of where we are in the NFL. It's kind of a big year for Tua. Like yeah. he you know, he was coming off an injury 
last year in college and then in the draft in 2020. So he wasn't really ready. No preseason, by the way, for him. No right? preseason. No, no offseason. Like, That's right. No, no offseason. Off yeah. Nothing. But, you know, because of, you know, the wandering quarterback eye, seeing what might be available <laughs> out, there, uh, out there, and that, that that will not take care of itself until all that stuff is taken care of in Houston in terms of NFL discipline and outside uh, yep. civil or potential criminal uh, charges against Deshaun Watson. Um, it's, it's, you know, he's kind of under a microscope right now. Yeah. It's a big year. Uh, and, and there's a lot of pressure probably on him, uh, to, to, uh, to succeed and we'll, to, uh, uh, no pun intended there, but to succeed and we'll, we'll see how that, uh, how that works out. Look, I will tell you in, in my lifetime, I cannot remember a player that a fan base has been so, um, eager to defend and, and be so boisterous in their defense of, if you say anything critical about him, but this is a year, right? This is a year he's got to really, you know, come forth and we'll see, sure. because like you said, it just shows you how nobody like Al Michaels always like to say, nobody knows anything, you know, in 2019, yeah. it was tank tank for Tua. That's right. And then Joe Burrow had his season and he wasn't even the first quarterback taken. So, you know, that's why you, you'll notice that I'm not even asking you for game predictions because we're not going to yeah. sit up here and pretend like we even know what we and, know. And I want to be real, real quickly. I want to say this because yeah. it's week one, the first three weeks of the season are by far the toughest. Yeah. People need to understand that. To, a, nobody, to analyze, you mean, right? To analyze? Well, not only to analyze, but to play because nobody knows they suck. Right. Right. right? That's, everyone, that's no, it's true. Everyone believes they're good. Yeah. And there might there might be one or two teams like the Texans that know they're not going to be any good. But, you know, most teams believe we're good. Yeah. Like, oh, we, we lost a tough one week one. Then you lose two. Oh, man, we just – then week three, you go out and get smoked by 17. Then you're like, yeah, we suck. You know, yeah. so – but nobody believes that now. September games are usually way tougher sometimes than November or December games. Because at that point, teams know who they are, and they're like, man, let's just find a way to get through this. Nobody's yeah. thinking that in the first three, four weeks of the season. So just keep that in mind if things get a little wonky here in September. Well, it's like Coach Bill, Bill Belichick always said, right? The first four weeks of the season, he's still learning who his team is, right? Correct. Um, Correct. It's almost like extension of the preseason. But, um, you know, another team, though, that we see early on in the season, last year at least, didn't we weren't sure if they were – are they themselves? Is everything Okay. The Kansas City Chiefs, who they ended up going to the Super Bowl, decimated offensive line, completely brand new offensive line, who is starting three rookies on Te the technically three technically. rookies. I mean, Lucas Niang, your guy, the guy that you've worked with, opted out last year for COVID. So he's technically That's not right. a rookie, but he's never played before, much like That's Trey right. Smith and Creed Humphrey. That's right. Yeah. And, and they have a daunting matchup. Um, I'll be the first one to tell you. Um, you've got Miles Garrett. Davion Clowney and the rest of that, you know, revamp Cleveland Browns defense uh, yeah. as, as a tough test. Well, yes. My, by the way, Miles Garrett is a freak show. Okay? Yeah, it's insane. About that. The Jadavion Clowney thing, there's a reason he's on his fourth team. That's okay? true. Very true. Okay, like, like Miles Garrett was the number one pick of the 2017 draft and has proven to be the number one pick of the 2017 draft with the way he's played. I yep. get it. And hindsight, maybe you take. Patrick Mahomes first overall in 2017, but you know, he last all the way into the teens to the 10th, 10th overall pick. Sorry, yeah. it up to get him. Um, but Jadavian Clowney was the first pick of what? 2012. Yeah. Uh, yes. 2012. No, no. Tw I'm sorry. 2012 was our Andrew Luck and RG three. So it was either 2013 or 2011. No, 20, 2013 because 2011 was camp. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, or maybe it was 2014. I don't know. It was either 2013 or 2014. Was 2014, 2014, 2014 was the offensive line draft. 
you know, with Eric yeah. Fisher, Lane Johnson, Luke. And Del Eric Cole. Fisher won first actually that year. Correct. And so, so 2013, Jadavion Clowney was the first overall pick in the draft, and he went to the Houston Texans where he was paired with J.J. Watt. And yep. he had one really good year there, one yep. really good year. And then he's sort of been a migrant, for lack of a better term. You know, goes to Tennessee, spends some time in Seattle, shows flashes. So when people say, oh, Miles Garrett versus Jadavion Clowney, those things are not the same to me. They yeah. could, could they be? Sure. That's the reason he was taken number one overall. But one guy has proven to be as solid as possible. The other guy has proven to be eh. so I'm not I'm not all in on the on the Jadavion Clowney thing. I am in on Cleveland being a really, really good football team. Historically, they don't show up week one. And again, this is not the same Browns team. I want to be perfectly clear about this. Yep. But they're going to Kansas City. Last year they knocked Pat Mahomes out of the game. And they still couldn't beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so they have not won a week one game since 2004. Cleveland is 0-15-1 in their last 16 openers. Wow. Meanwhile, Kansas City has won six straight games. Uh, and they've been really, really tough at home, even though their two losses last year were both at home. One was week 17, and the other one was that uh, freaky game against the Raiders, uh, I think, in, in, in October or maybe late September. Um, and if people are like, oh, the Browns will be fired up for this year. I'm like, why don't you think the Chiefs are going to be fired up for this year? Right. They were destroyed in the Super Bowl. And they got punched in the mouth. And they were the defending champs. You don't think they're a little ticked? The great you point. Don't, you don't think they're not upset that the last time they played this team, Patrick Mahomes got knocked the bleep out and yeah. was taken out of the game with a concussion? Listen. I get it. The Cleveland Browns are really, really good, and I think they're going to have a good season, and I think they're probably going to win that division. This is a terrible place for them to start. It's yep. a terrible place for them to start. And I do think what you've talked about, like you, you make the argument that the two single most Im impactful player transactions or player movement positions would be Matthew Stafford from Detroit to Los Angeles to quarterback the Rams yep. and Julio Jones going from Atlanta to Tennessee – uh, because now you got options. You're going to stack the box and leave Julio and A.J. Brown one-on-one, -on -one, or you're going to double cover those guys and put a light box for Derrick Henry. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, but but in terms of an entire position change, the idea of what the Chiefs did this offseason, like we said, we Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, who has been mauling people, your guy Lucas Niang, you get Laurent Duvernay-Tardif back after a year away from literally being a doctor and helping people save lives in Canada because of COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, you get Kyle Long out of retirement, and you get Joe Tooney uh, out of New England. This this offensive line in front of Patrick Mahomes should be significantly better yep. than the line and deeper than the line they had last year. But I do think that's the key to the Kansas City Chiefs. If this line is as good as people think it's going to be, they that's the reason they're the odds-on favorite to not only get to the Super Bowl, but according to Caesars, they're the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl. 17% uh, of all tickets have been on the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, not just get back. And the, the Bucks are second at 12%. But that is the key. That is the key to me. Now, you could say, okay, second receiver, Sammy Watkins not there, Michael Harbin's got to step up. Yeah, that's true. Patrick Mahomes is going to find a way to get the ball. Yeah, to I think that, Mahomes will be okay. <laughs> that's 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 going to happen. Okay. The key is that offensive line. I think this is the single most important position reconstruct in the entire NFL heading into 2021.
Yeah, you mentioned seven names, right? Uh, five guys, five stars, all under the age of 28. They have yeah. two two guards that they have, Tardif coming back, Kyle Long, who could step in and fill in and become starters. I mean, they, not only did they improve their starters, Trey, they improved their depth because depth that's what held them in the Super Bowl. Yep. Um, so so those are those are really interesting things. And I'll tell you what, a little, little behind the curtain here, I wouldn't be shocked to see this team really focus on running the ball a little bit more than they have in years past because they believe they have young athletic maulers on that line now. And what is that going to do? Don't worry about Sammy Watkins not being there. That's going to give Patrick Mahomes even more opportunity, play action, all this stuff to be really good. So um, it'll be- I, will, I, I will say this real quickly about that. You're do, right, yeah. and it should, but that has been the one sort of mark against Andy Reid right. is that throughout his career, at times, he has forgotten about the run. And even in the – we go back and watch the Super Bowl last year. The Bucs were daring them to run the football. It, mm-hmm. it reminded me a little bit of Super Bowl 36 between the Patriots and the Rams when they had Marshall Falk. And they, you know, basically Bill Belichick's defense was designed uh, I mean, to just take away the greatest. They were daring the Rams to run the ball and the Rams wouldn't do it. They would just kept throwing it. Finally, in the second half, they got the ball to Marshall Falk and that's when they made the comeback, tied the game before they had a military kick. But, you know, when someone is giving you five free yards, take it. Take it. Like, take what the defense gives you. And if, you know, I go back to the Buffalo game, uh, was it on a Monday night uh, or a Tuesday night last year in the rain between Kansas City and, and Buffalo? And they were like, they were, they dared the, uh, they dared the Chiefs to run the ball. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire had the best game of his career. Yep. You know, he just, they just ran it right down their throats in Buffalo last year. So if, if the thing, to really make the Chiefs be as successful as they can be is run the ball when you have it. Like if they're giving you those free yards, you don't go never no one goes broke taking a profit, you know? And yeah. that's been the one thing that Andy Reid sometimes in his career, real quickly before we move on to the next thing, the sure. 2017 playoff game against the Titans. They are up big in the first half, I guess 14 or 17 points. Can't remember what the total point total was. Travis Kelsey gets knocked out with a concussion. They stopped running the ball. To Kareem yeah. Hunt, they didn't give him the ball in the second. I think he had four or five touches in the second half. Your best wide receiver option has been taken out, or pass catching option has been taken out of the game, and they still didn't run it. And they end up losing that game when Marcus Mariota threw a touchdown pass to himself. So just keep that in <laughs> mind. They may want to run the ball, but Andy Reid and company sometimes forget to run the ball. Yeah. So hopefully that point of emphasis uh, stays true because I think with that offensive line. That's the one thing they needed to fix this season. And Coach Veach, I call him Coach Veach, went in there and, and got the job done. So we really interested. Well, presumably got the job done. We'll see how that works yeah. out. But um, those are the big three games that we wanted to focus on, Trey. Um, so really pay attention. We'll, we'll, we'll see how those turn out. That's going to do it for this uh, segment. More from this week, Sunday. Week one slate of games going to be a lot of fun.